Praise and gratitude. Praise and gratitude. To be thankful is to be grateful. It's part of the definition of what it is to be thankful. To be satisfied. To be pleased or relieved about something. So to be thankful is to be pleased, satisfied, relieved, or grateful about something. There's a sense of peace associated with thanksgiving because you're relieved that something has turned out the way it is or that the circumstances are how they are. You're grateful that something is the way it is presently, so you find a sense of gratitude in that. And praise and thanksgiving go hand in hand, so when you're thinking about those two words, praise and gratitude, If you're grateful or you have a heart that is thankful, then there's an element of praise to it. And what I mean by that is, as you're grateful, you tend to praise the source of the blessing or the good, the goodness in your life. And so naturally, there's this sense of praise for what brought about or what caused the source of what brought about those circumstances or that thing that you're thankful for or you're grateful for. And so the two terms naturally then go hand in hand, praise and gratitude. And I'm not making that up. We're going to look at this from a spiritual perspective because in the spiritual realm, the source of every blessing is the Lord. And so as we have a sense of appreciating the blessings or the things that make us thankful or grateful in our lives in the spiritual realm, then it should remind us of who is responsible for that. What is the source behind that? And as we consider the source behind the things that we're grateful for, the blessings in our life, we are reminded that naturally that's the Lord. And as we reflect on or think about the Lord blessing us in so many different ways, we seek then to praise Him or bring the honor or the glory back to Him. So there's this spirit of praise that goes out as we're grateful and we think about the underlying source of that gratefulness. So the two words go together. And it made me, as I was thinking about those two terms, it made me consider the importance of expressing gratitude through the proclamation of praise. The importance of expressing gratitude through proclamation, the proclamations plural or the proclamation of praise. The two go together, praise and gratitude. There's value in proclaiming the praise that you have for the source behind the things that you're grateful for. Now there's a lot of words there, kiddos. I know some of that is going to zip right over your head, but we want to tell people, we ought to tell people or lift up the source behind the things that we're happy about or thankful for in our lives. That's worthwhile on a spiritual plane because the source of all of those good things is God himself. That's the thing that should make us want to exalt him at least, at least in part. And so as you think about what would the importance or the value be in proclaiming through praise the things that you want to express gratitude for, there are at least three things to think about as we go through some of these passages that bring out this principle tonight. One of them is that the value of expressing gratitude through proclamations of praise is that expression of worship directed to the Lord is something that brings him glory. It's something that he's happy to see our expressions of gratitude for what he's done in our life. So there's a value to directing that to him to acknowledging or recognizing who he is and how he has his hand on every facet of our lives. The detail-oriented, loving, generous God that he is, the gracious God that consistently day in and day out, every moment within those days, is undertaking to make our lives blessed. Blessed lives. 
Now, not always in the way that human beings are looking for blessings, but blessings that are never changing. Blessings that are faithfully provided and renewed every morning. As God says, every day, my mercies are renewed. My tender, loving, compassionate kindness and lovingness, love for you is renewed each and every day. And so, one of the values of expressing gratitude is that it puts this focus or it puts the spotlight of our thinking on the one who deserves that glory, the one who deserves to be exalted, the one who deserves to be lifted up. Now, as you consider that point, you have to consider that he's, or be convinced, I will say, that he's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of being exalted. He's worthy of being lifted up. And the Bible tells us that God alone is the one who is worthy of being praised, worthy of being lifted up. Now, a second importance or a second value to this is that us proclaiming through praise our gratitude to the Lord and the great things that he has done. To God be the glory, great things he has done in my life. The value of expressing that is that it's a testimony or provides a testimony to the people around us, starting with unbelievers. It's a testimony as we proclaim through praise, God's goodness and our gratitude and thanksgiving toward him, it's a testimony to them of just who our God is, just how good he is. They wouldn't know that if it weren't for us expressing that in a way that they could understand, communicating to them just how infatuated we are with our God, how invested we are in a sense into what God has done for us, how thankful and grateful we are for what God has done for us how personal our God is. And as we are thrilled by Him, as we are touched by Him, as we are impacted by Him and how He's wanting to live life with us and we're recognizing to a greater and greater extent just who He is and just how much He loves us and just how He demonstrates that day in and day out, then we will have an attitude that wants to express that to the unsaved around us. And as they say that, see the gratefulness the attitude of thanksgiving in us, they're going to see how different that is from the normal perspective of the world. See, the flesh is always focused on me first. The flesh is never satisfied. So naturally speaking, unbelievers when they're around each other and carnal believers who aren't thinking straight, naturally they complain and criticize with every waking breath. They're never satisfied in the things that they say communicate that lack of satisfaction in their life. So if you want to stand out or be set apart as distinct from the world around you as a Christian, all you need to do is to allow the Spirit of God to work in your thinking so that you have a heart of gratitude. You have expressions of thanksgiving in your life which would then stand in stark contrast to the natural, never-satisfied, complaining mindset of the world around us. You know, you think about the idea of being satisfied. You think about the concept of contentment. The world doesn't know what that's like. They don't, they don't have any capacity for being content. But yet the Bible says as we recognize that God has undertaken to meet our every need, past, present, and future, that he's a good God who never forgets anything, never leaves anything out, will use everything for our good even when it's evil or bad, as we reflect on those things, we have a sense, we have the capacity to experience com contentment in a way that the world never will. Now, how do they know that? How do they ever see that? Through expressions of praise as we reflect on a spirit of gratitude for what God has done in our life. Now, the third 
category or the, the third example of why expressing through praise the gratitude that we have for God is important, it's that it can provide encouragement to other believers. Through our expressions of praise directed toward God for His goodness, a heart of gratitude that is expressed in the things that we say and do, we can be an encouragement to one another. We can remind each other of God's love and His care and His faithfulness that is daily directed towards us. So at least three reasons that when our gratitude is is accompanied by praise, it has value in our lives. Now, I was thinking of Are there biblical passages that connect those two things together? The idea that gratitude is accompanied with a sense of praise. And there are some. And because we're starting on Wednesday nights here, a series on observations or insights from the Psalms, we've only had one message on it, I thought I would stick to Psalms here tonight. And we're going to look at a number of passages till our time runs out. And we'll just stop wherever, wherever that is. If we get through them all fine, they told, us, they told me that the food is going to be best served somewhere just before 7. So for those of you who are watching, the clock tick by. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. 60 of those will get you a minute. And then in, from now till then, we're looking at 25 60s. So if you're going to count your way through it all, that's where you're at right now. But we're going to turn to the Psalms. Let's start with Psalm 69, verse 30. We'll get a little bit of page flipping here tonight. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a good thing. But one of the things that you find, maybe this is true in your life, I would say... My time spent in God's Word is coming somewhere proportionally. It's coming to be somewhere around uh, 50% or so of the time I spend in God's Word is on a device of some kind, whether it's my phone or it's my computer or it's my iPad. And I'm not holding that up as a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the reality of how it breaks down for me. Now, the less time you spend in the actual pages of the Word of God, there's something that you get a little lazy with which is page turning. Where are these where are these things? You're not quite as quick to get to some of those things. So tonight we'll just at least find out where the psalms are, be reminded of that, and we'll look through some passages here. They're in they're in order in terms of we're just going to be going from left to right here, flipping through a few of these. The one that I want to point out here tonight though that brings out this principle about how your gratitude can result or often will be accompanied by praise for the source behind the things you're grateful for. We find that in Verse 30, where these two things come together. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. So you have these, this attitude here that's being described here by the psalmist. This attitude where there's this mindset of wanting to praise the name of God. Now, how is that done in this instance? In this instance, that praise is done through song. Sometimes we call it a praise or a worship service. That's what the song component of a gathering is referred to as. Now, does it have to be referred to in those terms? Absolutely not. But is there a component of praise or lifting up or exalting the Lord with the songs that we sing? And the answer is, yes, that's the idea here. 
I praise the name of the Lord with a song, and I know for me personally, as I'm overwhelmed with or reminded of just how wonderful my God is, oftentimes it reminds me of lyrics to different songs. It puts a song in my heart. There's an element there connecting songs to praise. But then let's see here in the back half of the verse, we see that praise is connected to thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, of course, another word for it is a sense of gratitude or being grateful. And I will magnify him with thanksgiving. So what do we see there? We're just going to make a few observations as we go through some of these psalms. We see that it lifts God up when we're grateful. It magnifies him. To magnify is to zoom in on something, right? It makes God bigger. It puts the spotlight on him. It puts the emphasis on him when we have hearts of thanksgiving. Now, ask yourself this. Isn't it also true that formula, if we're going to look at from a mathematical perspective or something along those lines, that what is it that ultimately oftentimes gives you a heart of thankfulness or gratefulness? To think about him. So if... Being thankful puts the spotlight on him and makes him bigger, zooms in on him. The reverse is also true, that by zooming in on him, it gives me a heart that's thankful, a heart that's grateful. Because as I consider him and what he's done for me, instead of considering my circumstances, instead of considering the trials in my life, instead of fixating on myself, when I fixate on my Savior, I can't help then but fixate on who he is and what he's done for me. As I focus on who he is and what he's done for me, doesn't that give you an attitude of gratefulness? Doesn't that give you a heart of thankfulness that God would love you so much that he would do so much for you in in terms of rescuing you first and foremost from the eternity that you deserve to spend separate from him? And then on top of that, in a day-to-day basis, continuing to provide a way for you, make a way for you day in and day out to live life with him, have victory over sin in your life, over the sin nature in a practical way, not a positional way, but in a practical way to give you access to an abundant life, perfect peace, fullness of joy. And as you reflect on that, doesn't that make you thankful? And I'd say if you don't have an attitude of gratitude tonight, if you're not thankful, if you're not overwhelmed with thankfulness for what God is doing in your life, I would submit that you're not considering who God is and what he's done for you. If you were sitting there tonight thinking about who God is, what he's done for you, what you mean to him, you would have a spirit of gratitude and an attitude of thankfulness for those things. Let's move on to Psalm chapter 71. Psalm 71, not too far. And we're going to look at verses 14 through 16. Now, the focus of a lot of this is on praise, but the praise is always the byproduct of just being, reflecting on what God has done, which is tied to being thankful. So not every one of these passages we're going to look at necessarily has the word gratitude and praise in it, but it has the idea in it. So let's start in verse 14. But I will hope continually. You notice when he says, I will, it's not I might or I, sh- or I possibly could. It's I will hope continually. And will praise you, talking to God directly, yet more and more. My mouth shall, not might, shall tell of your righteousness. We're talking about the value of having a grateful heart that then wants to praise the Lord for 
as the source of that blessing in your life. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation, how often? All the day. For I do not know their limit. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. Talking about praise. Talking about exaltation. Talking about reflecting on who God is and what he's done and how that would cause you to want to proclaim that to others. We don't proclaim praise for the Lord through our lives, through our actions. To a small extent, maybe you could say that's true. But nobody's going to pick up on that. People are going to pick up on our sense of gratefulness and thankfulness and praise for how awesome our God is when we open our mouths to talk about who our God is and what he's done for us. So it starts with hoping in him continually. That's not external, that's internal. What does that lead to? As I see that my hope continually is in him. The focus is him. What does that lead to then? It leads to I will praise you yet more and more. What does that also sound like? That sounds like Christian growth. That sounds like maturation, maturing over time. As I see him for who he is, then I proclaim him or praise him yet more and more. My mouth shall then tell of your righteousness. I speak it out loud. And I tell of your salvation. And I never stop. All the day, it says. Now, I think this is fascinating. To me, this is the most fascinating part of this passage. For I do not know their limits. We cannot fathom how awesome our God is. We only know the tip of that. Just the tip of the iceberg. We don't know the full amount of that. And so, I just keep proclaiming and praising what I do, not, what I do know. And I go in the strength of the Lord. That's, that's what I'm resting in as I'm going through my day. And I make mention of your righteousness. And note, I don't praise everyone around me. I don't praise other people. I don't spend my time exalting human beings. I spend my time exalting you only, Lord. Now think about the content of your speech. Think about the things that you proclaim. Think about the people that you exalt through the conversations that you have. And ask yourself, are they worthy of your praise? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying it's always bad to speak highly of somebody. But are are they really worthy? There's only one who's worthy of being lifted up, and that's God alone. And so, again, it's about focus. It's about perspective. Turn to Psalm 89 next. Let's take a look at that. Psalm 89. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. So you just got to get to the beginning there. We're expressing through praise our gratitude for God's love, his care, his faithfulness in our lives. Here we have the song component of praise too that goes along with an attitude of thankfulness. Psalm 89 verse 1, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. 
For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Remember, remember that word mercy there. We're talking about God's unfailing love. His tender loving kindness and compassion. Shall be built up forever. Not for just part of our lives or for some part of time, but for all eternity. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. So just another verse where you have this sense of praise, this sense of wanting to speak out or proclaim God's goodness, that never would be true if you weren't first convinced of his, of having this sense of gratitude or thankfulness for what he's done in your life. If you didn't see him operate in your life, provide in your life, undertake in your life, you wouldn't be grateful. If you weren't grateful, you would never extol his goodness. You would never praise him. And here again, we have it in song. Now, some of you young people know, might know this song that comes from this psalm. Do any of you know this, this song? Some of you kids, do you know the song that comes from Psalm 89, 1 and 2? Let's see it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth will I make known Thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Then we repeat, right? Good job, Calvin. And that's from right here. With my mouth, meaning I vocalize the praise for God and his goodness. It's just an interesting take on or connecting thought to a normal message about just being grateful or thankful in general. The next step from that is to praise and extol and lift up and exalt God through the words that we say. Let's turn to Psalm 92. We'll also be starting in the first verse there. Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to here we have it again. Sing praises to your name. You see how they're connected? They should be inseparable. That as I have this sense of thankfulness that I would want to praise him. To sing again, there's this one of the ways of expressing praise, to your name, almost high. To declare, there you have the vocal part of it, your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. We never stop talking about how great our God is. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute, on the harp, with harmonious song, sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. How did I have gratitude? Because I saw God working in my life. I will triumph in the works of your hands. Praise and gratitude going together. Music, instruments, harmonies. All right here. That an appropriate way of praising the Lord or worshiping the Lord is right there. In song, with instruments, with melodies, with harmonies, right here. So we keep going. Let's look at Psalm 95. It goes on. We could have spent a lot more time than we are going to tonight, going through these passages. Psalm 95, we're going to pick that up in verse 1-2. You're going to see these themes just continue. 
I didn't make this up. This came from God's word. Praise and gratitude. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully. There we have the proclamation or the praise component of the thankfulness or the gratitude that we have internally. Now we have the external component to that. Let us shout joyfully to him with Psalms, verse 3, for the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. What a nice praise. What a nice thing to proclaim. You talk about just ex- There's a word that escaped me there. Spontaneously, just spontaneously lifting up a praise for how thankful you are for God's goodness, for his faithfulness, for his love, for what he's done for you, for who he is, for how he's blessed your life in so many different ways. That's the external component to the internal sense of gratefulness and thankfulness. Turn to Psalm 100, verse 4. This is the one that's probably second most or first most known to you or most well-known. And then I would say that Psalm 89 is pretty well-known too. But Psalm 100, verse 4. We have these two things together again. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. They go together. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Blessing his name is the same thing as praising him. It's communicating this sense of wonder and awe that you have for the goodness of your God. Now, who does that benefit? It benefits God indirectly because he's glorified by that. It benefits the lost because they see how overwhelmed you are by how amazing your God is. Why would they ever want what you have if they never see in you any, or never hear in you any sense of praise or wonder or awe for just how great your God is? Sometimes we do such a miserable job of selling the hope that is in us. Nobody would want the hope that's in you if you're going around with that downtrodden perspective all of the time, with that angry persona all of the time, with that hostile persona, with that standoffish persona, with that unforgiving bitterness as your persona. Who would want that? And I'm not saying we sell people on Jesus in an artificial and phony and fake kind of a way by making ourselves seem overjoyed with God's goodness. I'm saying become overjoyed with God's goodness by actually thinking about and reflecting on just how blessed you really are. Don't pretend you're in awe of God. Become in awe of God by seeing who he is, reading about who he is, being reminded about who he is, and then just stand back in awe as you reflect on those truths. 
Now, with a genuineness, express that to the people in your life so the unbelievers could want to get in on that and the believers could be encouraged by that. That's why these things go together. Gratitude, but also praise. Lifting him up. Let's turn to our longest but our last passage for tonight. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. We're going to pick that up in verse 1 also. And I hope the thing that's coming across to you is this kind of special emphasis tonight about the value of proclaiming or praising the Lord for the things that we're thankful about. Starts with verse 1. I will extol. That word means to proclaim. I will proclaim you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will, pl- I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Remember, I see him, I see who he is, I see what he's done, I see what I mean to him. His greatness is unsearchable, I'll never get to the bottom of it, but yet I'm still in awe. I'm still impressed by just how great my God is. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Not just meditate on them. Just not internalize them. Declare them from one generation to the next. What's your primary role as a parent? To pass along a sense of awe about who your God is. To declare his wonder to the next generation. Now, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's a part of it. You would never do that, though, if you weren't in awe of the Lord. If you weren't convinced at how great he is and how wonderful he is. You wouldn't do it well. You might do it out of a sense of obligation. You might do it out of a sense of guilt. You might want to keep up with the Joneses and so try to do just enough to make sure the other people in church didn't think you were a lousy parent. But if you really wanted to be a good parent, you yourself would find a sense of awe in who your God is and be overwhelmed by it. And when that was true, then you would want to share that with the next generation in a way that would be impactful to them in a way that they would actually see as genuine and authentic instead of forced and fake and phony. He goes on to say, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. We're going to stop there in terms of this passage. But you just see how much emphasis there was there on proclaiming or praising God in a way that could be impactful on other people around you. But it's all connected. It all goes hand in hand. Do you see what God has done for you? That's the first question. As you sit there tonight, do you see just how great your God is and what he's done for you? If you see that, if you're reminded of that, if you're reflecting on that, you will be grateful and thankful. If you are grateful and thankful, you will want to or should want to praise him, extol him, 
point people to him, talk about him, declare him, meditate about him, speak of his mighty acts and wondrous works in your life. There's the praise part of it. What value will that have? It'll have value to you because you'll be constantly reminded of how much you have to be thankful for. It'll bring him glory as he's lifted up and that's where he deserves to be. He's the only one who who deserves that preeminence. The unbelievers will see that in you and they'll want to know about the hope that's in you. Other believers will be encouraged and uplifted by the reminders through your proclamations of God's goodness of just how wonderful their God is too. You see that circle there? How many different ways and places of your life are impacted by that? So, hence we had the title here, Praise and Gratitude. Let's pray for our meal here. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this food that we're about to share together. Thank you for all the hands that prepared it. And it was an abundant amount of work. Thank you for each and every one of the people that were able to get in on that or participate in that as it's just such a great picture of the body concept as many people come together in a way that ministers to the needs of everyone. Thank you for the local church. Thank you for even putting your spirit inside of us to convict us when these things that we're talking about tonight, gratitude and praise, they're not a part of our current life. Pray that you would work in our thinking to convict us of how we need to trust you more. We need to get out of the way and allow you to work in our lives so that these things would be true of us. That we wouldn't try to artificially produce a sense of gratefulness or praise in our lives, but we would want to trust you and focus on you and think about you and meditate about who you are in a way that then your spirit would be allowed to work and make changes in our lives so that what would be expressed by our very lives is your goodness in a way that could impact us and unbelievers and believers alike. Thank you that we could have this time of fellowship. Pray for safety while we do that. And again, to God be the glory, great things you have done. Thanks most of all for your indescribable gift as you were willing to bankrupt heaven to come and save sinners like us. Thank you that you did that and that you didn't just leave us there, that you then wanted to live life with us and made a way for us to experience every moment of every day with you in a way that was depending on you and allowing you to direct and work in our lives if we would just get ourselves out of the way and let you do that. If we would just get our focus off of ourselves and the horizontal plane and get our focus on you, looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.